Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. How do you complain effectively? You're thinking, Jim, this is going to be an interesting episode. We are back with our friend, Dr. Guy Winch. He's an author. His books are in 26 different languages. His TED Talk has been seen around the world by millions of individuals. We've done episodes so far about healing a broken heart and also healing emotional wounds like loneliness and failure. So I'm excited to talk to you about complaining. This is a different kind of episode. <laughs> How would you define uh, complaining? Because sometimes we live in a world full of where people are, are venting. Is there a difference? To my mind, there's a big difference, or there should be. Okay. Uh, the difference that should be is that venting is something we do to just air a grievance in a way that's not purposeful beyond just getting it off our chest, say. But complaints should be transactional. They should be there for a purpose, for achieving a certain result or getting something that we want, whatever that is. And there should be a distinction because we vent a lot like, oh, hot enough for you and this uh, and then the, the team lost and whatever it is. But complaints should be things that matter to us and we need to voice them in a way that we then feel empowered to get the result that we want. And unfortunately, we blur the lines between the two all the time. Okay, so complaint can actually be positive. It has positive intent and it can be used for a tool to be able to solve a, a situation or a, or a problem that we're facing. Yes, ideally exactly that, except we tend to use them very uh, inadvisably. In other words, we complain in ways that are so ineffective that we're not likely to get the result we want because primarily we're not even complaining to the person who can give us the result we want. So what you know? would be an example of that? Oh, your, your, your spouse pissed you off and you go and tell your friends in the locker room about it. Or your colleague took credit um, for, for a project you did together and you go and complain to all your other colleagues. Or your friend annoyed you and you go and express it to all the other friends. But you don't address it to the person who can actually do something about it. Okay, so let's say you go to, you, you feel like that you... Um, have uh, been on the receiving end of something, and so you go to your spouse or to your coworker or to your friend, and what, there must be, is there an art and science to complaining? Art, some science, more art, but look, the idea is this, when something, you, we have a lot of complaints right. in life, we have a lot of dissatisfactions. You really want to be wise about the ones you want to actually voice and do something about, and you want to let the other ones go, because we're not, you know, otherwise you can just, spray complaints around on a daily basis. There are a lot of little frustrations we have. They're not worth complaining about. So first, identify the ones that really bother you, that really stick with you, that really hurt your feelings or upset you or distressed you in some kind of ways. Those are the ones you want to do something about. As opposed to suppressing it and then it comes out in some kind of passive-aggressive way where people... Yes. And how does complaining relate or venting relate to a victim kind of mentality? Well, if we look, um, some people have said, all right, uh, look at how many complaints you voice in a single day. It's in the dozens. 
if you look at all these small different things. Now, when you're voicing so many dissatisfactions about the world, you are to your own ears giving yourself the message that you are a victim, that you are powerless, that the, all these things have happened to you and there's nothing you can do around them, all these frustrations that you're shaking your fist at the heavens about. And, and those are very paralyzing. They're very disempowering. They're not good for your self-esteem. They're not good for your sense of empowerment. They're not good for your motivation. And we can really do damage by constantly complaining about things that are upsetting or aggravating or hurtful without getting any kinds of results about them. They really can do damage. And conversely, we can get a lot out of doing it correctly. We can feel more empowered. We can improve our relationships. We can improve our communication. We can actually affect change around us in a way that's very, very meaningful if we do it right. And then you could feel not a victim, but you can feel like you have influence or you have some, you're at, you have agency. Exactly. You can actually experience that agency and beef it up and beef up your self-esteem. I say to people, you've all had the experience, maybe in not much of it, but of voicing a complaint to a friend who upset you or to your spouse or to a colleague or even to a customer service hotline and getting the result, getting the validation. And and it pumps you up. Mm -hmm. You feel up to like, oh, I'm master of the universe right now just from that small experience. Then imagine conversely how not master of the universe you are when, when you don't voice it or when it goes poorly. And one of the reasons it typically does go poorly, because that's why we don't voice these things as much in a useful way, because it doesn't go well when we do it. It doesn't go well when we do it because we don't put enough thought into what we want and how to go about getting it. Mm. Those two things are crucial. Do you think some people also feel like they're going to that if they brought up this thing that was bothering them, that they there's some kind of fear around that or failure or rejection or? Uh, well, retaliation, starting a conflict, a fight. Look, a complaint mm -hmm. is a conflict. We can gussy it up in whatever terms we want. It's a conflict. You're saying to someone, I have a problem with something that you did. Mm -hmm. It is a conflict. Now, you can we can resolve conflict. You can raise the conflict in a way that is much more conducive to resolution. The formula I use, I call it the complaint sandwich. It's not, okay. it's not exceptional. It's like you have to sandwich the actual complaint between two positive statements. Okay. The first slice of bread in the sandwich, the first positive statement has one purpose, and that is to make the person less defensive. So let's say it's a complaint about your spouse. You can start with saying, you know, I really enjoy our date night. You're not going to launch into, you were half an hour late, we missed the movie. I really enjoy our date night. I look forward to it all week. That's an opening statement. Now, when you're saying to your spouse, we need to talk, they're on, on guard to begin with. They know right. something's coming, but that's not going to get them that defensive. That's going to be like, okay, that's kind of, let's, let's hear it then. That's the first slice of bread. The complaint, the meat of the sandwich should be very lean. You don't need to take a running start of all the times they were late since 2003. Right. It is sufficient to just say, last week you were late to the movie and it stressed me out so much that I wasn't able to enjoy the movie even though we got there on time. Mm -hmm. Lean, simple. You're not going you all made the way 10 point. years in the past and building your home. You can. It's just going to make the person less receptive right. to your message. Now, the last slice of bread is almost the most important because that's the what do you want slice. Okay. What's the takeaway there? And it has the reassurance that if that person delivers on that, then things will be well between the two of you, thereby motivating them to do that. So 
it might be in this case. So therefore, if you could really try and be on time for our date night, I would really appreciate it because it would allow me to enjoy it so much more and not be stressed out. Even if you're a little bit early, that would be great. Simple. It's a very quick transaction. Mm -hmm. It's a simple one. It makes it very likely for the person to go, okay, heard it, I'll try. Now, um, the other option is you can, now, it's less satisfying emotionally because you were pissed off. Right. So you, like, you don't get to do that. You don't get to like, you know, vent and like, like. But you can be right or you can be wise. And this is one in which you need to be wise because if, if you want to get the result you want, that is going to get you the result you want. And just like spewing or saying it angry or saying it in all kinds of insulting ways is not going to get you the result you want. It's going to go poorly. And so we have to be strategic in our complaining. It's a strategy because it's transactional. We're trying to negotiate something. So you have to plan and give it thought. And people think, oh, that's easy to do. And when I have them practice, let's say with my patients, they'll look at their wife and go, uh, nice blouse. Now listen. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, that's not effective. That's not on point. So when we're talking about complaining, it could actually, we could transform this complaint into a, a new connection because this model, it provides clarity. It's, it's compelling. It's concise also as well. And this is what you call in your book, it's called the, the squeaky wheel. Why do you call it the squeaky wheel? Well, the book is called the squeaky wheel because of that famous saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And that comes from this poem from uh, over a hundred and something years ago that someone wrote. It was a time of the horse and carriage, so indeed uh, squeaky wheels were an important thing, but the point of it is you do have to speak up right. to get a result. The only thing I don't like about it is a squeak is an unpleasant noise, and I'm suggesting you voice that in a way that's more pleasant. But in the book, for example, at, at, the, at the end of the book, I give examples of simple people who by voicing a complaint effectively um, went against huge conglomerates mm -hmm. and won on simple complaints. One example I gave is a woman who, who was contesting the uh, price of bras, uh, brassiers at, at Marks and Spencers. And, um, and, and she, the fight that she had with it, and it was a simple complaint, like because they priced the bigger bras more expensively. And she says, I don't pay more for a blouse or for trousers. Why am I paying more for a bra? And you know, they said, well, that's our policy. And she fought them just with complaining effectively. And she brought them to their knees literally. And it's there are all these great ways, if we just think about what we're doing, if we're strategic about it, we can really improve our relationships, we can get results, and we can feel super empowered and have great agency as a result. So complaints should not be those throwaway things we do in an elevator. There should be things we're thoughtful about. So they're not just these, and we're delineating between this, uh, the venting that people do on social media, you know, on Instagram and on Facebook, just to just to have a release and actually complaining with effectiveness, with real purpose and intent behind it. And I like everything you're saying, even in past episodes, because it's about being mindful. It's just being conscious and conscientious. Um, so what I would recommend everybody do is, first of all, get this book, The Squeaky Wheel, uh, and also take a screenshot of this episode of this podcast, of this video, tag Guy, tag myself, and as always, share your big aha. If there's one idea you got or one story you'd like to share, or if you have a question uh, to be able to post to our community, please do that. As a thank you, I'll repost some of our favorite and also gift one of Guy's books also out to our community because leaders are readers, and you know that. Um, Guy, how can people find out more about you? 
They can find me at guywinch.com. It's my website. They can find all kinds of links to where my books are, mm -hmm. talks, videos, and other things I'm doing. Wonderful. And as always, you can go to jimquick.com forward slash notes. We'll put some of the highlights of this episode there, as well as links to Guy's books, as well as his TED Talks, and so much more. Thanks for being here, Guy. Thank you. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.